Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. One dictionary definition I found of a femme fatale stated it's a woman who is considered beautiful and sexually attractive but likely to bring trouble or danger to those attracted to her. Well, since the dawn of storytelling, we have been attracted and enchanted by such characters on the big and small screen. Whether you cheer them or hate them, you can't take your eyes off them. Here's Neil with 10 femme fatale facts. Well, thank you very much, Pab. I'd like to just say, they're not facts per se, but what I have found in my deep delve into Femme Fatales was that Collider ran an um, international poll on their top ten uh, Femme Fatales. So it goes like this. At number ten is Jessica Rabbit. I'm not bad. Framed. I'm Ooh. just drawn that way. Perfect timing. Yes, voiced by Kathleen Turner there. At number nine was Gilda Munson. Look at my face. It's the last thing you'll see before you die. Which I was hoping you'd have a clip of. From Gilda, played by Rita Hayworth. At number eight is Judy Barton from Vertigo. My boyfriend put his head through a wall. Then I smashed his skull with an eight-pound ashtray. <laughs> played by Kim Novak. Just to and, say, these aren't the the the, num- the names you're saying. These clips aren't no. those people. That very first one was just a piece of luck. So right. Carry on, Neil. Okay, so what I'll do is I'll say who the actress is and then play the clip. Okay. So at number seven, we got Bridget O'Shaughnessy from the Maltese Falcon, played by Mary Astor. What kind of sycophant are you? <laughs> at number six is Norma Desmond from Sunset Boulevard, played by Gloria Swanson. I am <laughs> Number five is Kitty Collins from The Killers, played by Ava Gardner. Tell me, does chat like this work with most women? At uh, Number four is Kathy Moffat from Out of the Past, played by Jane Greer. Your coupon. We gotta have it. At uh, Number three, we got Catherine Trammell, Basic Instinct, Sharon Stone. Exactly what did you have in mind, Mr. Carell? At number two is Phyllis Deertrickson from Double Indemnity, played by Barbara Steinwick. 
You're the first man in five years who didn't tell me how to look like Veronica Lake inside of a minute. And number one is Amy Dunn from Gone Girl, plays, played by Rosamund Pike. Well, there you go. There so, you go. I, I mean, really, maybe the best thing we could have done with that one is you told us that and I could have had every clip well, perfectly done. But there you go. But you didn't I know was, that. I mean, I'm just interested to see whether we've got any crossovers from their top ten. I'm sure we probably have. We might have a couple. Uh, ladies sure. and gentlemen... We're doing Femme Fatales, and the only person I could be- believe that could join us for that is Jay. So, hello, Jay. Welcome back. Hello, guys. <laughs> so happy hello. To be here. Oh, the first person I pleasure. thought of when we said Femme Fatales was Jay. It had to be. Oh, well, I was that. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, although I'm a bit of a Femme Fatale, let me tell you that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, how hard did you find uh, putting your Femme Fatale top 10 together? Oh my god, it's so hard because I love all the bad girls in movies. Like, I really don't like, you know, like the goody two shoes. So for me to just put on one of Terwan, I had to put like two, like uh, notable mentions underneath because I wanted to put like 10 more, but then, you know, like 10 was okay. I tried. I tried being among my babies. (laughs) Yeah. What about you, Neil? I actually found this very hard because I thought I'm going to write a list without looking up Femme Fatales and see what I thought. I couldn't get to 10 off the top of my head. It was only when I looked up to the big list, there's like hundreds of lists out there, and saw, and I thought, bloody hell, I didn't realise how many I'd missed or what I'd never considered a femme fatale. Yeah. But there we are. We got there in the end. The other thing I find also with this, now with being a male, Mm. is whether you come across as being sexist because... You look, you look at these women, you think that they are, well, as I said in the thing, sexually attractive and beautiful women. But that's sort of part of the definition of a femme fatale. That's what they use to get what they want or they use to hurt people or, or get in positions. I don't mean it like that. I mean into like powerful <laughs> positions. Where's your bell? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, I should, I should ding that one, shouldn't I? So it's, it is quite hard, sort of thing, because the, the one thing you could say probably about everybody in my top 10 is you go, they're very attractive, but you don't want to just, does it, I mean, I don't know. Am I looking at it too hard in that way that it's, am I looking at it in the wrong way that way, Jay? I don't know. I think the thing that scares people about femme fatales in general, yes, they're attractive, maybe it's also their sexual power you know like they use their sexual we all have sexuality one way or another but using it to yield what we want from others now that's kind of scary because when you're in a position and someone used it on you and then you analyze the situation like shit what i was used by this person but i was powerless what can i do they're so hot blah 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 so yeah also that they're in it for themselves and this kind of scares men let me say why because mostly we're women we're motherly we're tender we just hug around so when you're in it for yourself you don't even want to be with the man you don't want to be in for the kids you just want to be for this creature only this is kind of terrifying i mean even to me yeah yeah and i think that's the thing is that the the man or the woman is there for that femme fatale to sort of drive through to get to what they want isn't it i think that's the thing yeah okay yeah right i'm sure we're going to have some duplicates on this one but it's going to be really interesting to see exactly who and exactly where so jay kick us off with your number 10 all right my number 10 is kitty collins the killers ava gardner 
Okay. Great, great choice. It's not on my list, but it was on the Collider's all-time list of femme fatales. I have tons of film noir femme fatales, but I love Eva Gardner because I think she has this mystique about her that makes you feel she is just so confident and badass and not trying to play the victim in any way. Like she's there in your face, very elegant, very powerful, very scary, you know, like an ice queen of sorts. So for Mm. me, these women kind of scare me in a way. Like you vibe with your sexuality in the world and you have different forms, but the form of the ice queen, the woman is like entering, you know, like tall and capable and very stoic. You feel like, oh my goodness. Okay. I don't know what to do with her. So for me, she was spectacular in The Killers, very elegant. She kind Kind of like used the poor Burt Lancaster character, wrapped him around her finger. So for me, it was, mm. I don't know, I loved her for that. She was. And and again, the point that you made, she she uses her in a certain aspect, because of obviously when the film was made, her sexuality to induce these people, to to tie them around, like you said, tie them around her finger. But also reading books about from, you know, about the sort of the golden days of Hollywood, and you read about Ava Gardner, she, she was really sort of private and sort of mysterious anyway herself, you know, yeah. back then. So it sort of adds to the mystique of it all, doesn't it, to me? Mm. Definitely. I, I think that's that's an era of movies that I would I, I I don't know a lot about. As much as I think I'm a movie fan, it's crazy the amount of like of those classic mm. movies, like especially black and white, say forties and thirties and probably fifties as well. Yeah. That that I feel like there's a lot of movies there that would probably go straight into my top twenty movies of all time that I've never ever watched. And um, the one thing I have noticed, there's a couple of films I did watch and then I realised that there was clips in those movies that were in uh, the Steve Martin movie, Dead Men Don't Wear a Plan. Right, that's where yeah, I recognised okay. those movies from. <laughs> because I think, oh my God, that's where that clip comes from. But there are so many movies. Mm. I'm sure that, that that there could be a top 20 of movies that I should watch that I've never watched, and the majority of them would be black and white. I'm I sure. would suggest, find, I mean, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of the name of the book, but finding a couple of these books about the, that time of Hollywood and these idols, you know, and read about it, because that inspired me to watch a lot that I just thought, mm, yeah, is it going to be as good as they say? But yeah, once yeah. I read the book, exactly your situation, you go in a deep dive and start watching them all, you'll find some actually blinders path. Yeah, okay. A great start there. Go on, the mm. New York, your number 10. So my number 10 is Lara Croft. That's my number 10. <laughs> oh, really? And I put from the movies and the games, because obviously without the games, she wouldn't have been one. Um, it was nice and refreshing to have a heroine, you know, in the lead role um, and, you know, sort of be female dominant and driving. But she is a femme fatale in the games and in the book, the way she dresses, the way she interacts with the other males. She, she uses her sexuality as as a want for a word to get her own way you know her flirtatiousness and everything although she's not out there to go and kill these and set these people up she's there to get the goal at the end you know whatever piece of treasure it is or whatever she has to find and i do think this is going to be controversial that alicia vikander was a better tomb raider than angelina jolie well i love alicia so i can't I would would have gone Angelina Jolie personally. I think because I thought she looked more like Lara Croft to me. Right. Angelina looked stunning and was fantastic in the role. Mm, The second film was a bit dubious, but the first film I think is a lot of fun and Mm. it's a lot of entertainment to be had. But she was a bit too over sexualized for Lara Croft for me, Angelina. 
Yeah, but I think she is the the perfect example of somebody that doesn't necessarily use her sexuality, but uses her power, not in a superhero way, to get what it is she needs, to get where she wants to go. And she uses the people around her and especially probably uses her sexuality Mm. to get what she needs to get where she needs to go, if that makes sense. Yeah, and she does play a femme fatale brilliantly in other movies, doesn't she? She... Sort Angelina. of been there before. Oh, Angelina. Yeah. Angelina yeah. for me is like a femme fatale manifestation in real life, but a good one. You know, like she's yeah. taking care, going out to the world, using her power to help others and stuff like that. I really respect her for that. But mm. she is the manifestation of, you know, like the woman who's scary. Like she was so scary. Like she was a very scary sexual, unlike, let's say, Scarlett Johansson or something like that. Like mm. she's the otherness of the mm. woman, if you think of the noir. Sure. Well, she's got a touch of the old school Hollywood, hasn't she? About yeah. it. to me, I think she has in her looks and the way she conducts and presents herself. I think she certainly has. She has that pout, doesn't mm. she? She has that pout like she could suck an egg out of a chicken. You know, <laughs> she just has that has that pout that. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's not, a, there's that's a not a very Tinder... sexy kind of thought. I, I was going to say, there's a new Tinder profile for you. <laughs> I've just made one of the most beautiful women that people are going to go when they think about it. I didn't mean to do that. Sorry, Angelina. I'm really sorry. Um, So, yes, that was my number 10 as well. So, uh, Jay, you're number nine. Okay, Orange She from Kill Bill, you know, played by Lucy Liu. I know she's not using using her sexuality, but she's so hungry for power. And she is in it for herself. And she has a great backdrop, a great story. And she's just, I don't know, she's just cold-blooded and ruthless mm. and she's she's had all her trauma like she, you could tell she healed her trauma as a child because i really connected to her story told in comics manga fashion using it to put on you know like uh bloodthirsty quests into the world and this is why i liked her because i felt like she was so powerful and she was just there you know like she could make a point by cutting off a head so for me i'm like yeah you go sister Unfortunately, yeah. she died at the end. Yeah. Spoilers, think, by the way. Uh, there, there may be spoilers, just to let yeah, everybody know. There may be. And I think one of the most beautiful women, I still, I think Lucy Liu is so beautiful. I genuinely very, do. Very, genuinely very. do. Mm. But that, that, that manga um, cartoon section from Kill Bill Volume 1 is stunning. Mm. As, a, as a piece of art, but as also as a backstory for a character it is it is vicious it is cruel it is visceral it's it's everything but it's the sort of thing that you can only do in animation that you couldn't do in real life it would just mm. wouldn't it, it would feel like too much in real life but it is oh yeah anybody that hasn't ever seen that it is mm. it's crazy but it tells you everything it? about that character about mm. why they are like they are um grown up and we said it a million times or a billion times probably. I wish he'd still release the whole bloody affair. I know, I know. You think know, he'd do it. Soon. Yeah, sooner or later he has to. Um or if not, let's we can just can't you just edit it together yourself? Neil? I'll have a go. I don't think I've quite got the prowess of like whoever does it. Who did the edit? Was it Sally Mank who did the those? I think it was. So I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I haven't got her power, so no. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Or knowledge. Uh go on then, Neil, you're number nine. Cersei Lannister. What a That's nasty bitch. My number five. <laughs> You're number two. Elena <laughs> Hedy. What a great actress she is, though. Fantastic actress. And she plays a, a evil well. I mean, uh, Judge Dredd. 
she was the evil one in that as well, wasn't she? And I think she does it so well. She's underestimated as an actor, but Cersei was a crowning glory until her fall. Um, yeah, what can we say about her? That's the evil incarnate. Gets what she wants, when she wants, and how she wants. There's a summary of a femme fatale, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Mm. Go on then, Jay. Why is she so high in your list? And you, what scares me really of her is that she's a really good mother. Think about it. All she cared about are her. She was so vengeful when their mm. kids, her kids started dying. Like she was the manifestation of revenge. And this kind of scary because when I think about the power of motherhood sometimes and how it's usually portrayed as, you know, like the good thing, blah, blah, blah. Of course, not for me. But when you see the dark side or how far mothers would go to do something, whether to protect or to avenge their children, you'd be like, okay, yeah, she was angry for power and she was a good mother on a quest to kind of like eliminate all those who she felt did wrong to her kids so mm. she was so scary for me man mm. the way she, her I mean, eyes that, the way she delivered yeah in that sense she was a good good mother but if she'd have been caught in series one with her brother like she was she loved her family neil i mean yeah. come on, what more do you need she loved her family <laughs> she maybe loved certain members of her family in the wrong way yeah. but she, she loved was. her family <laughs> The new board game, Incest from Mattel, gave yes. all the family. <laughs> yes. But Jay, Jay is right. It's like if you boiled everything down, diluted everything, it, it is she is a, a looking mm. after her family. And if anybody does anything wrong, to, I suppose the difference is, is, is as a parent, again, I would do anything to protect my family. But when you're in medieval times where there are no real laws and you know people get hacked to pieces for no particular reason your protection of your family takes a different life to what it is Mm. like living now as i would be with laws and police and people telling you you can't go around you know lobbing people's heads off or Mm. or poisoning people or whatever it is you know it's 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 a different kind of land Yes, I exactly. can't do that. Exactly, no. Just Don't tell everybody devils. about my cellar, Jay, please. <laughs> oh, no, I've only just got out. Yeah. Um, oh, Jay, yeah. get him out of the cellar now. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't broken my leg at all. Pav had no. been in his cellar for It was like months. misery. I was there yeah. and I just smashed he, his ankles in. He nobbled me. Yeah. <laughs> you well right, the Yankee Doodle. Uh, anyway. <laughs> That's all I heard. I was going to say, maybe her parenthood could be questionable because of the fact that she raised such a horrible child. I mean, Joffrey was no angel, was he? No. And he was only young. Could that have been, is that not stemmed from motherhood? You know, the way that she Possibly. mothered him? But it's, I know, I know. But in my own twist, like the way you see some mothers sometimes, mm. and I've seen some deranged ones, let me tell you. You see them into their kids like Jeffrey is her, like he is, he's been kind of like sucking her energy, her own quest. Mm. She had so much high hopes for him and she wanted him to be this ruthless asshole who we were all so happy to see him die. But this Mm. was her dream, you know, like, and she Mm. was raising it like a good mother does, you know, and and this is what is scary. It's kind of like mommy dearest medieval style. (laughs) And I think you're right because people, people aren't born racist or homophobic they learn that don't they Mm -hmm. so i think that i think jay's absolutely right i don't i mean joffrey wouldn't have been born a dick would he 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 was he was he was brought up to be power hungry and to treat people like that and the whole family around him were the same weren't they exactly from um obviously 
Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get your point. I understand it. I mean, I was playing devil's advocate, so forgive me. That's fine. That's fine. Um, uh, so mine, yeah, mine, uh, your number nine was my number five and Jay's number two. My number nine is uh, Natasha Romanov, Black Widow. Um, very nearly went in my list. Very nearly? Very nearly. Very nearly. I mean, I'm, she's a spy, so again, yeah. she has to use her whatever tools she has to get what she needs and but her her main aim is to get information so she will use what she has the skills that she has probably the body that she has to get that information that is her goal at the end so mm-hmm. whatever and it doesn't really matter what is in front of her whether she has to kill it or whether she has to do other Sweet things word. to it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to be really Whatever's crude then, but I thought, no, Jay's here. We're not going to be crude. Yeah. Um, Come on. Come on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, she has to fuck it. She doesn't know what she has to do. Uh, maybe both. Maybe <laughs> both at the same time. Who knows? Um, but obviously, with her, as with most femme fatales, I'm sure, there is, as she says, she's got red in her ledger. So there's things yeah. that she's done that she's not proud of. Mm-hmm. Things that she's done that would probably make a lot of other people. And that's where the evil, there has to be a slice of evil. I think yeah. there has to be a slice of evil in a femme fatale, even if there's, it's for good, which is obviously what Natasha Romanoff ended up doing. She sort of came on the good side, if you like. Yeah. Have you seen the film Red Sparrow? Where I we... haven't, no. Because right. that's Jennifer Lawrence, isn't it? Yeah, which I'm not saying it's a very good film. It's not. But it really is like um, the training of, Black Widow. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, but a, a more ramped up version. Obviously, it's a bit more graphic than what Marvel would do. Yeah. And it's not a great movie at all. Oh, by right. Any stretch of the imagination. It's quite okay. dull. Uh, but yeah, th- th- those two are very much. Well, new. that's a great review. That's going to make everybody want to watch it. Well, Neil. I was going to say something, and I thought, I'm just going to look like a dirty old man. I know. I know what you're going to say. Because doesn't Jennifer Lawrence just have not very many clothes on in a lot of that movie? Well, there's a scene that they're trained to, the boys and the girls to be, you know, sort of oblivious to using their body for sexual things. So they will right. strip, they'll be naked, but they're not prudish about it. It's just what it is. And yeah. you've got to get on. It's a job. So, you know, like she's made to have sex with a guy in front of the whole class. Right. I mean, I miss that lesson, but. <laughs> <laughs> Where were those lessons when we were yeah. growing up? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it, Neil. They told you it was a Friday when actually it was a Thursday. And that was the thing. That's what it was. Um, okay. So that was my number nine. So, Jay, your number eight, please. Okay. Marla Grayson, I Care A Lot, played by Rosamund Pike. I was flipping between, you know, to go to the Gone Girl tour or go to I Care A Lot tour, but I really liked I Care A Lot. And I thought it was a more interesting thing because you see a woman being really cruel to old people and I'm just so, it felt so protective because I've had a lot of my, you know, like grandparents and old people in my family and I kept imagining her having one of them become one of her victims and it was just so scary. Mm. But at the same time, I was just in for like, what a badass. She has no weak point. What? I mean, even, I know she had a girlfriend and stuff like that, but still, it wasn't even a weak spot for her. It was like, I don't know, it was like, yeah, she didn't have to go out and seek men and get bothered with relationships and stuff, and maybe get her heart broken, so she kind of, like, was in this relationship, you know what I mean? Like, 
and she was kind of like defying all her male victims, you know, like telling them, it's bothering you because I'm a woman. She was, she was so made up for me. And mm. this is what I liked about her. She was just so cruel and evil. And in a way, she was really getting off this power. She just wasn't doing it because there was a purpose and she had to do it, blah, blah. I think she was kind of like using it as as an internal euphoric thing. So it was so intense to watch a character like that. Mm. And to to watch her demise too, because I didn't see it coming. So spoiler mm. alert for whoever didn't watch. I, was, it. I, I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Dude. It doesn't matter. I will watch. Is that the one with Peter Dinklage in? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I love him so much. I don't know. I love Peter. So yeah. 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 I must watch that. Yeah, there are there are there that. are some movies and TV. Well, I'd say movies mainly that I really enjoy, but I I could only ever watch once because it's so uncomfortable to watch and so yeah. painful. That's one of those ones. Right. I remember Definitely. we watched myself, and the same with you with the ending, Jay. It, I didn't see it come in. Never. Uh, Never. No. No. But it's one of those things where I couldn't watch it again because she is so horrible. It's just. The idea that it's, you know, like it's it's like people. I could feel her. Like I could feel like, oh my god, what if it has been one I know? Like what if this has been a distant uncle or something? I would have wanted yeah. this bit down. But still, you know, this is why we love Tom Fatales because they mm. kind of like push us to the limit to the point where we feel like, damn, girl. And they do things that you would maybe sometimes would like to do, but you've got scruples, you've, you've got morals, and you know that it's the wrong thing. <laughs> but And you're not... raised by a good mother. You know, like, I... my mom is such a good girl. Like, she's the antithesis. If you want to make a list with, you know, like, Elizabeth Bennett, get my mom. Right, okay. So it's always hard to be a femme fatale when you have a mom like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you need to watch that, Neil. Yeah. I'm going to have to definitely watch it. It's not fun to watch as such but it's, hey, not it's all very very good as, as long it's as it's very, very, very good, good yeah. yeah it's very very good uh go on then neil you're number eight so this is a film i haven't seen for a while so some of it may be a bit vague in my memory but she will always be known as a femme fatale in my eyes and what a brilliant performance was bridget gregory was the character in the last seduction linda Florentino. my number what, six is it yeah <laughs> she well, she became a modernised version of the old school femme fatale in that movie, for sure. Have you ever seen this film, Pav? I've never seen this film, no. Well, I would highly recommend it. Me highly too. Recommend. Is it Bill Pullman, isn't it? Is it Bill Pullman? Yeah, I, think I can't Bill remember. Let me I think it is. I can't remember off the top yeah. of my head. But, yeah, I mean, the whole build for her is great in that movie. The look that she has makes you think, I mean, if we talk about old school femme fatale she actually looks like an old school femme fatale and her performance in it which was i think is like a breakthrough role isn't it what is what put her on the map yeah bill pullman yeah it was peter berg as well that's it great great film told but yet intriguing if you know what i mean yeah i'd recommend that one what about you jay jay yeah why is it in your top 10 it's it's my number six and i love her so much i even love her voice I think she has mm. this husky, sexy voice, which adds, you know, like cream to the pie. So she's just, I don't know, I, I really like her because she's just a badass, ruthless bitch. And she's just, she's even putting it out there. Like she's not even trying to hide her badassery for me. And she kind of used every bit of them. And I like it when there's a master manipulator, but you feel that, that they're smart. Like the movie is not dumbing you down as an audience member to accept it. No, she's just so smart. She's outsmarting everybody. And I just, I love everything about her, her look, her hair, her mm. voice, 
And I, I think I kind of like, after I watched it for the first time years ago, I was like trying to, you know, like look in the mirror and act like her because she's so relatable to <laughs> mm-hmm. looks wise. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, easy, is it, easy. so, oh, sorry. I was going to say, is it, are we looking at this movie? It's more of like a body heat kind of movie or more of a disclosure kind of movie? What? No, it's, um, it's, it's very noirish. Uh, yeah, like, it's just very noirish. Like, I was going to say, like Jay said, it's basically she knows what she wants and she's going to get it, but she isn't going to hide the way she's going to get it. It's it's her rules or no rules. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it's clever. It is very okay. clever. And it is an old school. Um, and it's enjoyable too, let me tell mm. you. Okay. More homework, isn't it? Yeah. That's another one to add to the list. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number eight is, I don't know, it may be higher on your guys' lists, but it is uh, Catherine Trammell from Basic Instinct. Uh, mine's number six. That That's is. your number four. six. Yeah. Oh, you're number four. There we go. We've got another one. Um, I mean, look, as as movie moments go, the mm-hmm. crossing and uncrossing of the legs is a pri- <laughs> as iconic as you can get in movie history. I think if you ever see, um, uh, what's it called? When they put, um, was it when they put sli- clips together? Montage. A montage. That's it. If there's a montage of like Hollywood, there's always that moment mm. or uh, the moment just after probably it, i mean it changed cinema i i mean i've rewatched this recently and obviously it was graphic at the time and it doesn't really feel that graphic now but i actually think it stands up as a really good film noir it's uh, yeah. like michael douglas is actually really good in it i mean it was overtaken unfortunately so because of the shock value of the crossing of the leg scene which Let's be honest, in today's standard, we'll probably turn up in a Disney movie. But yeah. Well, maybe maybe not that bit, Neil. Well, I mean, I'm sure I've seen Mrs. Duck and cross her legs a couple of times. Okay. All right. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's 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 tame in today's standards. I mean, it really is. But it's a great film noir. The story is fantastic. Did she, didn't she? Mm. You know, it, it was a, yeah, it, and the thing is, it also it started the whole that kind of movie body mm. of evidence with Madonna. Yeah, was another one. Then disclosure, there was all, was disclosure. Mm. there was uh, you know Michael Douglas that sort of start made a career out of those kind of movies. Well, Erotic with thrillers, things. weren't they? They were yeah, called that's, in the day. that's it. Yeah, yeah, and then there would be loads of like straight to straight to well video then, wouldn't it? You know, mm. with with those kind of just banal. Uh, you know, something attraction or yeah. f- fatal notice or you know, those <laughs> kind, you know what I mean? It would have all those kind of names. Fatal but door knocker. Yeah, those kind of things. But um, they always had the obligatory couple of sex scenes mm. in there, some kind of murder and uh, a femme fatale. So, yeah. I mean, really Sharon Stone, and that kicked off Sharon Stone's, like becoming a mega oh, big star, time, didn't it? wasn't it? You know? Yeah, she, she was, certainly was. I mean, she was a sort of star before that, wasn't she? Because no, I mean, in, she was in Police Academy Four. She was, she was in um, that Total Recall. Yeah, King Solomon's Mines with King Richard Sol- Chambers. Oh, she was, my God, yeah. And she was that. in Action Jackson. Action Jackson. No, there's a blast. That's Carl Weathers, wasn't it? It was. Goodness me, what a shit film that was. <laughs> um, I've seen this. But, <laughs> Yeah, don't bother with that one. Jay. No, don't worry about that one. Don't worry about that but one. But yeah, so, Sharon Stone, though, was a great actress. A really good actress. Yeah. Quick and the Dead. Still up there. Great movie. My favourite westerns. Yeah. Well, I can't wait till we do our top 10 westerns because that, that would be 
that yeah. would be in there. So again, so Jay, why is uh, Catherine Trammell so high in your list? I really love the way she she doesn't even blink, you know, like, because I was studying sociopaths because I think I was in a relationship with one and I didn't know it at the time. So I started watching videos online, like how to detect a sociopath. And then they were like, they don't blink. So I started watching actors who get it versus those who don't get it. And the way she manipulates her eyes, the way she stares at him, I'm like, what? and the way that from the beginning, you could tell this is a bitch. Move on, man. Leave her neck, okay? But he's still drawn to her, you know? And this is why I think sexuality is such an interesting thing to discuss in movies. Because you know people are bad. You know they're bad for you. And you're going blindly after them. And then you're kind of like crying if there's anything left of you with the damages. So Nick is like, from the start, man, hello. If I was like his mother or his friend, I would be like, she's so bad for you, bitch. Watch out. And he would still go there and should still fuck him up. So for me, the idea that someone would have this power and she played it really good. Also, I really liked her style in the movie. Like her dress, everything. Her dresses, the way she doesn't wear underwear. Everything about her was just magnetic yeah. and her eyes too. Very cat-like mm. and scary. So, you can yeah. tell, because that scene... Any any normal person, if they're in a room with detectives, would be shitting themselves, very nervous. She there, she knows she has the power over all of these men mm. be just because of who she is and how she holds herself. And the fact that then she can get them sweating just by crossing and uncrossing her legs. It's it's the height of like power. And mm. she knows she has that power over these men. And that is that again. That is the definition of a femme fatale. It was, and I, I'm just going to say that one guy got so hot under the collar he had to go to the island and work on Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Made his glasses steam up. It did. <laughs> it did. <laughs> um, okay, so that was my number eight. So uh, Jay, your number seven, please. Okay, Catherine Murtay. I hope I'm saying her name correctly. Cruel Intentions. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. She's like, I love her so much for so many things. First of all, because she's the antithesis to most of the ones I mentioned. They're all tall and elegant and powerful looking. And she's very petite, but she is so cunning and beautiful and kind of like doll-like. But she has immense power, which makes her a little bit scary. She is unlike those women who are carrying themselves out there, you know, like very aggressively and very honestly. She's having two lives, double lives, one where she's the good church girl and one where she's the manipulative one using all these people, including her family members, her friends, a whole school, probably the whole church. And she's just using them like they're pieces in a chessboard. So I just love her. Also, I kind of like identified with her more than the Jamie girl who was Reese Witherspoon because I just hate dull girls who win. Like, you know, like, yeah, of course her brother would go to Jamie, who's like so good and nice and innocent looking. I hate <laughs> those Italia. I can't stand them. So it made me love Catherine even more. Like, yeah, down with this bitch. But of course, you know, like the Catherine's made their demise at the end. Yeah, she was evil, but still I didn't want the Jamies to win. I hate yeah. the Jamies. So that, yeah. That impersonation was uncanny. I thought Reese Witherspoon was with us then yeah. for a second. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> Now, am yeah. I right in saying that Cruel Intentions is a like a remake of Dangerous Liaisons? It, it, well, not a remake, it's a retelling. As a retelling, yeah, right. Yeah, a bit okay. like Roxanne is a retelling of Serrano de Bergerac. Right. But, I mean, I would say, if, Jay, have you seen John Malkovich's um, with Michelle Pfeiffer and Uma Thurman? And, yes. Yeah, oh, 
that's a version of that story you want to see with the powerhouses. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great it's a great story. So it's a great way of like I would say teenage generations, the cruel intentions for them to get in and understand. And then you can work your way backwards and then see the John Malkovich version and then work your way back to the French version and away we go. Okay. I'd have to do that because I've not seen either of them. There you go. Interesting. You're in for a treat, yeah. Pab. It's thing a great is, story. I think you realise that I've seen probably the same ten movies over and over again. And that's what <laughs> I do, <laughs> just on a loop. I just watch the same. If it hasn't got Star Wars or Harrison Ford in it, I just don't want to know. I'm just not interested. That's not true. I know that's it's not, not true. true. I know, I know. But it feels like that sometimes when I'm doing <laughs> this podcast. Um, okay, so Neil, your number seven, then please. Matty Walker, Body Heat, Kathleen Turner. Um, probably the first movie well that and Olivia Newton-John first crush I saw this way too young body heat way too young I don't think my parents really knew what I was watching so I subsequently forgot a lot about it but just thought nudity great and watched it again and it's a lot cleverer than that I mean when you watch the film and how it all transpires and all goes through you feel the heat where they are William Hurt isn't it is it William Hurt? In it that is one? William Hurt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You you're sweating with them, you know. Um, when they're going, is it New Orleans or wherever they are? It's it's hot. It's hot. It's steamy, and the store is very good. And Kathleen Turner, I think, is a sexiest and most femme fatale she's ever been. More so than Roger Rabbit. Um, Jessica Rabbit. Sorry. Mm. You seen this movie, um, Jay? Yeah, I've seen it, but a long time ago. But I yeah. remember because I was on a Kathleen Turner phase, I think, because I watched her in Friends. And <laughs> okay. I liked her there, so I went and watched her movies. And I had yeah. the same reaction that you're saying, the idea of sweat. And when I'm seeing a movie and it's very hot, and I feel like I'm sweating. I'm like, oh, get this movie over with. Come on. Mm. Absolve it because it feels like it transcended to me. So, yeah, yeah I love it when they have this effect on you. I would always say Body Heat and The Big Easy were just two of the films that made me feel really hot no matter what time of year when you're watching as in temperature hot not oh i have to watch the big easy then that's the big is the big easy also done by lawrence kasdan was the big easy like one of these old fashioned? that's dennis quaid wasn't it it's 80s movie it's it's a film noir again i think it's ellen burkin in it but i may be mistaken i think i think you're right yeah I remember watching Body Heat, like, I think the same as you, Neil, when I was way too young to watch didn't it. Didn't understand And I it. didn't understand, and I've never rewatched it. You I've should. never, but I think, I, I mean, look, is, any, is there, apart from maybe Sharon Stone, would you say Kathleen Turner is the quintessential femme fatale? Modern day. Do you think, Possibly. yeah. Her and, uh, well, the, like, you could argue Angelina Jolie has the looks. She hasn't always done the roles. So I'd probably say Kathleen Turner over Angelina because of the roles that she's played. Right. You are mm. right. It is Ellen, Bar- Ellen Barkin and um, Dennis Quaid, yeah, for yeah. the Big Easy. Well, it's funny you say that because I can add another role to uh, Kathleen Kathleen Kennedy then, that's not right. (laughs) (laughs) Kathleen Turner um, as a femme fatale. And it's Dolores Benedict from The Man With Two Brains. Yeah. I haven't seen this one too. Have you never seen... Now, this is a Steve Martin movie, so it is crazy and weird. And And probably one of Steve Martin's funniest films. Funniest films. But she is the absolute femme fatale. Mm -hmm. She is somebody that... um, 
is there just to take men for as much money as she can get. And she uses her sexuality to the absolute heights to the point that um, Steve Martin has a window shattering erection is all I can say about it. (laughs) And it is one of the funniest movies. If you like that kind of comedy, if you like sort of crazy, silly comedy, it is one of the greatest comedy movies ever. It didn't make my top 10 comedy movies, but I, it should have done probably because it's just absolutely hilarious. Well, so, it's, I mean, it's wall to wall with laughs, isn't oh, it? All it's the just, way through. Right from Steve Martin's character's name is Dr. Huffhar. That's his name. And you have to, it's H U F F U R F F. It's just absolutely crazy movie. But um, to be fair, although she's only my number seven. She was the second person I thought of on my list because straight away when you think of Femme Fatale, that was the first, the second mm. person that I thought of. So although she only made number seven, because other ones sort of bumped her down a little bit, um, I had to have her in, in my top ten. So that is my number seven. Number six, so we have uh, Bridget Gregory for you, Jay, from The Last yeah. Seduction. Uh, Neil, we had Catherine Trammell from Basic Instinct as your number six. And my number six is Selena Kyle uh, or Catwoman. What's my number two? Can I say or can I say? Because it's really high. High, 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 high. We'll talk about it again for you, Jay. Let you have your whole moment. Yes, that's fine. No spoilers. Um, I mean, personally, Michelle Pfeiffer is my favourite Catwoman. I think she's the quintessential cat. I think she absolutely is. And uh, there's been other good cat women. I think cat women's cat women. I don't know which would be the way to say it. I think the '66 Batman cat women were were really really good as well. Yeah. Um, But I I I genuinely think that she is again. She although I think she discovers being a femme fatale. I don't think she's a femme fatale when she's Selena Kyle. Say, I'm I'm taking the Michelle Pfeiffer storyline, if you like. Yeah, she's very timid. Yeah, she's very timid. It isn't until she starts getting licked by a lot of cats uh, that she turns into the person that she. Well, she falls, doesn't she? She's resurrected by the cat, isn't she? Yeah, and and then she's she gets what she wants, and she doesn't care how she gets it, and that's where she gets the attitude, and she becomes that femme fatale. At mm. that moment, she isn't at the start of the uh, of the movie. Uh, iconic is the word again. You would, and the costume that she wears, oh. genuinely, I think, is a fantastic costume. It genuinely, is so so good. Yeah, of course, it's tight PVC and everything, yeah. but that's not the reason why. I think it's a really. <laughs> No, I do. Maybe that's the reason. No, that is the reason. I think it genuinely is a great costume. The way that she makes it herself in the shop when you see it, you know, she's using those whatever they are for her finger, the claws, yeah, needle rat. You know, she's sewing all together thimbles. Yeah, and um, I just think it's such a great thing. And also, I think Michelle Pfeiffer should have won an Oscar for her role in that. I think her performance in that. Me too. Me too. I just think it's an outstanding performance. Absolutely. The, you know, she agree. goes from this timid thing that, you you know, you couldn't even say boo to. Yeah. To this kick-ass, conniving femme fatale. Yeah. I think it's just, yeah, so the, good. The scene where she uses the whip and whips the heads mm. off the 
the yeah, uh, mannequins. Real, didn't she? I will put it in the Patreon video playlist because they show you like behind the camera her actually when they actually film that scene and she does it for real. There isn't it isn't special effects. It, she pops them off with three whips of the crack. No, yeah. <laughs> cracks of the whip. Whips of the crack. <laughs> three whips of the oh, crack. Is that, is that what you were doing oh. before you came on? Oh my <laughs> lord! That oh, says a lot more about oh, me than it does about Michelle bam. Pfeiffer. <laughs> Three whips of the crack. And can we give our local area a shout out? Why? Because the penguins in Batman Returns were from Borton on the Waters Birdland. No. True story, and it's still advertised to this day. I didn't know If you know go that. in there. Yep, they came from Borton on the Water. Well, there you go. There you go. You learn something new every day on this podcast. Entertaining yeah. and educational. That's what we are. Remember I'm going to need to put pub quiz. the podcast on a different subject on Apple Podcast now. We should be on educational. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, we're halfway through, so it's time for this. Pop quiz, hot shot. Yes, it's pop quiz, hot shot. So, I have some femme fatale questions. Uh, Jay, uh, it's first one to three. If you get the question wrong, it will go over to Neil, and then Neil can get it right. Now, Jay, do you want to go first, or do you want to go second? Second or third? I'll always get them wrong. Come on. I'm terrible. <laughs> well, don't worry, I haven't won yet, Jay. Neil, yeah, won Neil hasn't got, so, Neil's going to go first. And, um, I mean, I've, it, it depends. We've got first one to three or until I run out of questions, basically. Uh, so Neil, your first question. Yeah. What year did Kim Bassinger, Basinger, I don't know how you pretend, uh, win best supporting actress, uh, Oscar for LA Confidential? 1997. 
is not right. Oh, is it 90? Oh, shit. Shush. <laughs> Jay? 1998. Is correct. 1-0 to Jay. Oh, I said when the film was released. Well, Neil, then, you and your big <laughs> mouth. The last year. The last uh, year. Come on. Jay, your first question. In which Marvel movie was Black Widow introduced? I haven't watched a single Marvel movie. Oh, dear. Oh, God. Have a guess. Have a Jay, guess. if I whisper this to no, you... No, Neil, we do it not properly. <laughs> so, I feel guilty now. Have a what guess. Are they, what are their names? What are they called? I don't even know Superman versus <laughs> Batman for the love of life. Oh, bless her heart. No, that, that's not right. Okay, so over to Neil. Iron Man 2. Is yeah, correct. It's Iron Man 2. Um, over to you then, Neil. Who starred alongside Michael Douglas as the femme fatale in Disclosure? Demi Moore. Is correct. 2-1. Okay, Jay, you need this one. What year was Basic Instinct released? 1984. Is not right. Neil, for the win. 1992. Well done, Neil. I'm, You've I'm got so a win. I'm sorry, Jay. You've I got a win. Are you guys serious? I'm happy I got one right. There <laughs> you go. You did get one right. Well done. Well done. Okay. I'm zero trivia person you need on your team. Like, I always forget shit and I make shit out all the time. So you don't need your team. We'll remember, that. we'll remember that for the future. Well, next time you're on, I'll send you the questions and answers beforehand yeah. so you know, okay? Yes. And we'll pretend and then Neil won't understand why you've got every question right, okay? <laughs> we'll do it that way. You'll always uh, be on my team, Jay. You'll always you be go. on my team. There you go. Okay, then, Jay, you're number yeah. five, then, please. Okay, Suzanne Stone to die for Nicole Kidman. Oh, uh, yeah. Because mm. she is so what you wouldn't expect. She is very, first of all, she's very naive or pompatel. She has these dumb ideas on fame and how she would get up in the world. But at the same time, she's such a good manipulator. She's just, I feel bad for the guy in her movie, Matt Dillon, played by Matt Dillon, because seriously, he was a good guy. He was just, you know, like a slump. Like he, he didn't have ambition. He didn't have her ambition, which to me wasn't also realistic. It was only dependent on her going off and charming all the guys. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like this is, this is what she did. Besides, I think the way she handled teenagers and she even used them for her own benefit, including poor Joaquin Phoenix, was just so good. Although, too, I felt bad for these kids who fell under her charm. So, and I, actually, Nicole Kidman played her really good. She was just so subtle. Her baby voice, you know, like Marilyn Monroe's voice, everything about her was just good. You could tell this woman was born in my opinion, to lose. She would have lost along the way, although she had all the metrics of a good femme fatale. But she was just, she didn't get it. Like, she didn't have the mentality for it. So to watch this character on screen, it was just so good. Yeah. Okay. It's I been think a you've, long seen, you've seen this, Neil, have you? Yeah, a long time ago. It's been a long time. Um, wasn't she? I think she was Oscar nominated. It was her first Oscar nomination for this role. I'm pretty Perfectly. certain. Not Gus good. Van Sant directed. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. love Gus Van Sant. That's why. Yeah, he's got a good visual flair. But it's been a while since I've seen it. But isn't it where she... Cause she's the weather girl, isn't she? On the, She on is the, the weather girl, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And she's just 
determined to work her way up wherever she needs to go to get where she wants to be. Yeah. And she has zero talent, zero, and it's zero, even for me, she wasn't even one of the most intelligent ones. Like no. I have a lot of intelligent ones here, but still she was very, like you could tell she could eliminate people from her way. Like even she played with the wrong guy, even her husband had, you know, like powerful family members and stuff like that. So for me, it was like she was born to lose, but it was mm. interesting, amusing to see that. Yeah, yeah. I must watch that again because I do. I'm with you, Jay. Gus Van Sant is a great film director. And Jurassic Park Man was in it as well. Uh, Wayne Knight. Wayne Knight. Oh, Wayne Knight. From, uh, he's in all, yeah, he's in all these movies. Maybe I need to start going on a Wayne Knight trip and yeah, see all these movies. He just loved to work with a femme fatale. Yeah, he obviously likes them, doesn't he? Fair play. Okay. Um, so, Neil, you're number five. So it's... Um, more of an action femme fatale this one it's Imperator Furiosa uh, from Mad Max Fury Road I oh. think this is what we wanted from a strong female lead now I'm a huge fan of this mo- movie and I know people it divides people straight down the middle it seems to be a Marmite movie you either hate it or you love it I love it I think it's a work of genius and one of the best action films that's been released in the last decade so and I think Charlize Theron is just so good in her role she's powerful she knows what she wants she's basically the hero of the whole movie even though we've called it mad max and we so long for a standalone movie i think well there is one being made isn't there well they say but it's been, well, been talked about for the last 10 years it's anna taylor joy playing her oh is it oh. yeah it's a prequel yeah yeah is it george miller uh, I don't think it is. No, no, then I'm I'm lost. That's lost me. It had now. to be him. Yeah, because he had the vision. Yes, exactly, Jay. You want to see George? You want to see George Miller? Oh, no, yeah, it is George Miller is, is directing. It? Sorry, oh, well, yeah. then I made. So I'm going to watch. It. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to give it. A Anya Taylor Joy and Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, I'm. I'm sad that Charlize Theron's not in it because she did a film on. Um, Netflix, which was a Netflix movie where it's a group of action people. She was the leader of that. She was very good at that as well. Yeah. Atomic remember. Blonde, she was good in. Yeah. Well. She does I, the, she does um action really, really she well. She does. And she's such a good actress, Oscar winning actress, isn't she? If you see her in The Devil's Advocate, this role mm. could have been sappy and stupid. She gave she elevated it. Yeah. She was so powerful in that role. She could have been, you know, like outshined by Pacino and Reeves, but no, she was no. good. Mm, very good. Yeah, I agree and see her in a, a guest role in Arrested Development as well. She's fantastic in is that. She good She's in that, is very, she? very funny. If yeah. you ever get a chance to see that, she is so good. Uh, okay, uh, my number five was Cersei Lannister. Um, Jay, you had Catherine Tramell from Basic Instinct as your number four. So back yeah. to you, Neil, with your number four. So it's Rachel. That's it. Who's Rachel? <laughs> no, it's Rachel from Blade Runner, Sean Young. Um, I think that's a... Oh. Um, just the whole... I mean, it's, I know she's a um, replicant and everything, but she's still... Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, it is said in the movie, isn't it? But... Yeah. Um you know, but she she's set up to be that femme fatale. The way you're introduced to her, the way she smokes a cigarette, the way that she plays. I mean, she's a thirties movie star, isn't she? She's a thirties yeah, forties. That's what movie it is. Star. That's yeah. what, exactly what it is. But also that she seems to be getting a mind of her own to be able to move away from the corporation. I I just think it's a very strong role. 
and it's we we talk about it and we say the word a lot, but it is an iconic picture of her dressed as she is as a femme fatale, very much like Ava Gardner, like you said earlier, mm. and maybe Angelina Jolie now. Um, she had the looks back then, although she had a very troubled history after that. But yeah, I think she was fantastic in that role as that femme fatale, and she was a femme fatale. Yeah. Did you ever watch um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Who, me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it a few times. I love it. I love it. I think it grows on me the more I watch it. Mm. Jay, you a Blade Runner fan? I love the old one. I don't like the new one, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah, the old one for me is a classic. And I'm not a sci-fi fan, but to me it's mood. It's very atmospheric. Mm. You cannot escape it. The the soundtrack by Vangelis. Oh, my God. Are you serious? I keep listening to it on our play. It's so Mm. good. Mm. It's a great soundtrack. some great characters, costumes. Everything about this movie is magical to me. Way ahead of its time. Way oh, God, Joe. Do you like the sequel, Pav? Uh, I do like the sequel. Um, I don't think it's uh, it's in the same class as the original. Well, that's gonna that's, that's almost impossible, isn't it? But I do I do like it, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I did like the way that... Again, going on to Harrison Ford, but the way that he sort of... He enjoyed revisiting some of his roles, you know, mm. going back to Indy, going back to Han Solo, going back to Rick Deckard as well. And it does kind of, it fills the character out a little bit. Mm. Um, what, I, I don't, what I don't like is when they bring these characters back and then they kill them, you know, like like Han Solo. Mm. Spoilers, if anyone hasn't seen Force Awakens. Um, because then I, I remember watching Force Awakens the first time and then going back and watching A New Hope and feeling sad for Han Solo because there he is, all young and swashbuckling, and and I think, oh my God, your son is going to kill you! Was just like, oh no, it's so sad. You know, it ends up <laughs> making you watch that movie slightly differently because you know what is in store for this swashbuckling hero. Mm. You know, so you know it's it's a bit of a double edged sword when they bring these old yeah. characters back. But. but I think I think the second Blade Runner is, you know, I think it's beautifully directed. You know, we talked about Ridley Scott, but I think Denis Villeneuve, Denis Villeneuve, yeah. whatever you want to say, yeah. I think is probably one of the best directors around today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will I say give that, you that without I a doubt. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it a bad movie of his. No. He did some really great movies, I agree. Mm. Yeah. yeah, And his Dune, I think, is just beautiful. I've watched that about four times now. And I can't yeah. wait for the second one because it has Austin mm. Butler too. So Yeah, there you go. Another cherry on top. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, we love Dune, we love you, Denis, but hello, also bring in Austin Butler even there he better. Is. Baby. Yeah, and I, I've, I've seen Elvis since we last spoke, Jay, and what a movie and what a performance. What a performance from Austin Butler. Unbelievable. Yes. Um, okay, Sorry. my number four is probably the sexiest woman ever drawn, I feel. Uh, it is Jessica Rabbit. Yay. I had to have Jessica Rabbit on there. So again, I've got I've got two uh, Kathleen Turner um, performances yeah. in my top ten. I mean, it's a it's a great movie. I think I'm I'm so glad they made that movie in the time that they did, because it would have all been just 100% CGI if they'd mm. have done it now. I think the fact that it was that Bob Hoskins did a lot of the stuff. You know, the the way that they did it, just the Spielberg mm. and the Zemeckis way of doing it, it's very much of its time. But, I mean, she is, again, she is a 30s, 40s femme fatale. That's what she's she's based on. Um, but, again, she's not 
bad, she was just drawn that way. And I love that line. It's such a great line. It's a great script, isn't it? It's a great script. It's a great movie. And it's, um, yeah. 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 How many times have you paused that film? How many times have I paused that film? Oh, you know there, the there, isn't there isn't there a basic instinct moment in that movie? Apparently <laughs> so. I've never tried it. I mean, I've seen the Empire and other film magazines try and show you, but it's when there's the car crash, isn't it? And she's flung and her legs are open. Oh, is that right? I'll try and find that and put that on the Patreon video playlist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I believe that they've taken it out, haven't they? Of oh, modern, have they? Modern cuts of it, but if you oh right, oh, I'm DVD. sure YouTube. What somebody would have put a, yeah, a version of, course they of it. Allowed. Yeah. Yeah, that's good then. Uh, okay, um, Jay, you're number three then, please. Okay, so it's kind of a, I think an unusual pick. It's Lady Van Tassel from the 1999 Sleepy Hollow. I think it's Tim Burton directed, played mm -hmm. by Miranda Richardson. But this character, I love this movie so much because I loved old school Tim Burton so much. So for me, um, the idea of this woman manipulating this monster and unleashing it on a whole town, you know, and haunting the town and being this very, very powerful witch. Yes, meeting her and, of course, uh, kind of like tasting her own poison. But at the same time, the way she manipulated the whole scene and people were just second guessing each other and just kind of like uh, doubt kind of it's a very Agatha Christie like situation when you're like you're doubting your neighbor you're doubting yourself blah 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 and she's turning each one against each other and she's the badass mind manipulator behind it I really liked her I really liked the way she was so evil you know and so vengeful against yeah. everybody so yeah and also I think she was the whole mood of the movie even elevated her against, you know, like the Sleepy Hollow, who was played by Christopher Walken, yeah. It was, was yeah. The Headless Mr. Horseman, wasn't it? Ugh. Yeah. Mm. I, th I think that's one of my favourite Tim Burton movies, Sleepy Hollow. It's good fun, isn't it? It's, it's great fun. fun. Great, great cast, but it's just so much fun. Mm. As a, as a, as a movie, and I, yeah, I got a soft spot for Miranda Richardson because she was she was uh, Queen Elizabeth in Blackadder, Blackadder yeah. Two. So I always I always liked Miranda Richardson, but and that, great in movies like The Crying Game, and yeah, um, yeah, the the with, um, Jeremy Irons, Damages or Damage, whatever it's called, Damage. Okay. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it. I have to watch. Yeah, it she's such good? a good actress, though. Yeah, she very is. good. Very yeah, good. she is great. That is a good one. I didn't mm. even think about that one, to be perfectly honest. No, that can. slipped my mind. Well done. Um, go on then, Neil. You're number three. So it's Nikita from La Femme Nikita and Pouliard, Poulard, um, sort of um, the original of these movies. I mean, they remade it with Bridget Fonda called The Assassin, was it? Or Assassin, which yeah, was a think, very yeah. poor version of it, but it, it did have high character in it. Um it's the start of um, Luke Besson when he was at his greatest, when he, he did action sublimely. I mean, this is mm. the French spoken one. He introduces you to Leon, the cleaner, in this movie. I mean, it's where that universe all started. But, and Paralad? Par, par, I'm just going to call her Anne, if you don't mind. Um, she's absolutely brilliant. And she obviously went on from there to do more and more stuff and more English spoken stuff. But all of it is just to me when Luke Besson was brilliant. I'm not saying he's not good now. He's just a bit of a hack. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> but his early stuff from Subway, from Christophe Lambert, 
right through to let's say Joan of Arc, which has its moments. He was between then he was untouchable and probably one of the greatest directors around. And this movie in particular, if I if you haven't seen it, I would say go and see it because this is where all these assassin movies started. This is the start to me of all these American onslaught of all these sort of films, you know, where it goes through, um, including Leon, which is obviously the masterpiece itself. But this is up there with Leon if you've never seen it. Have you seen this one, Pav? I haven't, but if you're saying it's up there with Leon... Yeah, um, oh, God, yeah. Because Leon is one I of my favourite films. I honestly... one thing, As soon as you said Leon, I thought, how was that not in my top ten movies of all time that we did for Christmas? Yeah. Because that is one of my favourite movies of all time. And I forgot about it myself. Yeah, see, it, yeah we, we, it does. It's, it's such a great movie. But, you know, like we said, it's a top ten of that time. It, yeah, you yeah, you're right. Yeah, top yeah. ten movie, you know, yeah. thing easily. But have you ever seen this one, Jay? Have you seen it? No, I haven't yeah. seen La Femme de Tita. I have to. Oh, uh, it's, it's so good. I mean, I'm not saying it's better or it's it's uh, it's getting up there with the the quality of leon you'll see it when you watch it okay but you meet leon in the film he this is where you're introduced to him in this movie as the actual not just the actor but the actual character of it's the same actor same character but they call him the cleaner they don't call him anything else but the cleaner okay and he's basically the role that harvey keitel played in the remake right but not the harvey keitel did a bad job it's just the remake is shit it's not a good movie yeah okay uh my number three uh i'm delving back into tv and um she started off in the series as a bit of a femme fatale she's softened around the edges a little bit now uh this is rebecca welton from ted lasso (laughs) so she started off because her goal was to ruin the football club yeah, uh, or the soccer club, wherever you are in the world. Um, and then she fell in love with Ted Lasso. She fell in love with the people. She fell in love with the biscuits. And um, so she's she's not so much of a femme fatale now, although she is still very strong, very single-purposed, very what she wants is what she gets or she, what she tries to get. You know, she's she has her weak moments. She has her weaknesses, which I think all femme fatales have as well. Yeah. Um uh, and she's also gorgeous as well. I mean, what more do you want? She's sort of like the full package. Um a bloody hell she can sing. Well, she can sing as well. Again, the full package. She, yeah, she has the full package. Yeah. So so for me, the femme fatale bit I think comes in the first few episodes of season one, where she has that evil streak. She's there for one reason, and it's to ruin her ex-husband's baby which is this football club then she mellows because that's what ted lasso does to people he he mellows people makes them fall in love with him and his his way of thinking so um but yeah i i think just as a as a strong person she is somebody that is that can be looked on as as somebody that you would want to be i think now, I don't know, Jay, are you, a, are you a fan of Ted Lasso? Have you ever seen it? Very, I love it. Yeah? I love that you picked her as a fun fatale. Like, for me, some of the characters picked are like, okay, I love these people. I don't see them as fun fatale. For me, fun fatale is, like, ruthless, you know, like, 
on steroids, you know, she's out there to kill everybody, at least, you know, like for her own agenda, for her own moral code. But yeah. for me, some of the pics are just interesting because they're like, wow, I consider them heroes and good people, actually. Yeah. So that's I like, mean, you're wow. absolutely right, because she is that now. But when she yeah. started, the only yeah. reason that she took over that that football club and, be, and was chairman and owner of it was because she wanted to destroy it. And that was that was her sole aim. The only reason she was there, the only reason she chose an American coach to come and coach this football team was because she knew that it would mean that they would get relegated, it would ruin the club, the club would go under, and there was for no it was no reason of love, it was just total destruction. That was her main aim. So that was the reason that I thought of her as a femme fatale, because because yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter who's in front of her, she is gonna plow through them to destroy this thing that her ex-husband loved. And that is what I thought is that is how fantastic now that she is one completely 180 degrees changed. You know, she loves everything about it. She loves everybody that is part of her family, if you like. So yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a um, difference, but there you go. That's what I've gone for. Um, So uh, Jay, your number two was Cersei Lannister. Uh, Neil, your number two was Catwoman. Uh, So my number two is back to TV again. And she was very close to being the number one. And I don't know if you guys have seen Yellowstone yet, the Kevin Costner TV show. Not yet. Please watch it if it's just for Beth Dutton, uh, who is Kevin Costner's daughter. She is the absolute definition of a femme fatale. Uh, she is gorgeous. She is broken. She is damaged. She is ruthless. She is the kind of person that you would want as a friend, not an enemy. Um, so I don't, if you, you guys haven't seen it, I don't want to say too much because I really don't want to. Re- there are certain parts of Yellowstone that are batshit crazy. And you you watch it and you think these kind of things wouldn't happen in Montana in America. This is just like ridiculous. Mm. But her character and her relationship with like the head cowboy or whatever you would call him, a guy called Rip, is is beautiful, heartbreaking, funny, sad. It's it's everything. And and Beth Dutton is one of those people that there's certain scenes where she will tear somebody down with a few words and she is just fantastic as a as a character i can't remember the name of the, the actress she also played uh, dr watson's wife in the guy Ritchie sherlock movies um, oh um what's her name riley um is it? she was in eden lake and other things oh i can picture her now something I, she's i, 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 honest, that I watched was good i think she was in it yeah, um, I, I, I should have. I can't I think of a name. Uh, something Riley, Kelly Riley, Kelly Riley, Kelly yeah, Riley, and and she oh, okay. is fantastic. I mean, myself and my wife, we've we've gone through what there is now. I think it's four se- four and a half series, five and a half series. They haven't no four and a half series. Oh, whatever it is, that we're waiting for the second half of the, the the last or the latest series of Yellowstone. They haven't released it yet, and she goes through everything. I mean, she goes through so much shit in those four seasons. And also you find out why she is like she is. There are certain things that have happened in her past 
and again, I don't want to say too much, because I really don't want to ruin it for you. So it's a show that you have to stick with on certain bits because it gets ridiculous in regards to violence and parts of the storyline. But if you stick with it, that just for Beth Dutton, she is, I would say she's a legendary TV character, not just as a femme fatale, but as a TV character. Right. She would be up there in my top 10 of TV characters. Because, High praise indeed. Indeed, indeed. One minute she will have you cheering because she's kicking, literally kicking someone's ass. And then the next minute you'll be crying because of her backstory and what she's had to live with. So that's all I'll say. That's all I'll wow. say. But I would I'm thoroughly recommend if you get a chance Paramount to watch TV, it. Paramount TV, isn't it? Paramount TV in the UK, yeah, to watch Yellowstone. And then you've got 1853 and 1923, which are the prequels, 1923 with Harrison Ford and... And, and um, Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren, yeah. 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 Okay, before we reveal our number ones, um, Jay, do you want to give us a rundown of your 10 to 2? Okay. And Neil will do the same, and then I'll do the same, and then we'll reveal our number ones. Number 10, Kitty Collins. Number 9, Orange She. Uh, number 8, Marla Grayson. Number 7, Catherine Merteuil. Number 6, Bridget Gregory. Number 5, Suzanne Stone. 4, Catherine Tremell. 3, Lady Van Tassel. And 2, Cersei Lannister. Wonderful. And Neil? So at number 10, I had Lara Croft. At number 9, Cersei Lannister. Number 8, Bridget Gregory. Number 7, Matty Walker. Number six, Catherine Tremell. Number five, Imperator Furiosa. Number four, Rachel. Number three, Nikita. And number two, Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. Lovely. And mine is number 10, Lara Croft. Nine, Natasha Romanov. Eight, Catherine Tremell. Seven, Dolores Benedict. Six, Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. Five, Cersei Lannister. Four, Jessica Rabbit. Three, Rebecca Welton from Ted Lasso. And two, Beth Dutton from Yellowstone. So, Jay, what is your number one femme fatale? I mean, hello. It's Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. And I've been dying to talk about her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go. She's mine. She's mine. Okay, the first time I saw this version, of course, for me, the only Catwoman will be Michelle Pfeiffer. Even if there were good depictions, other versions, sorry. Michelle Pfeiffer. But I saw this at a very, very young age. And I think the transformation scene to this day sticks as one of the most wonderful acted, shot, executed scenes in history. Because you see this character whom to me was like, oh, I can't stand women like that. Transform into this. And you can tell she had rage. She had anger. She really hated her life, her mother, her work, her boss. She hated how she wasn't winning in life. You know, like she even, I think she hated being this single, beautiful and pure woman. But at the same time, the way she took care of all those cats, they were the ones who made her the goddess, like the cat god, you know, like, and the way they set her free from all societal restrictions and everything she was, that was holding her back. The way she played and had fun with that role, with her body, the way she sewed the beautiful cat suit, mm. and the way she just went and even, you know, I, I really like that she wasn't even, you know, she could, you could tell she was bored. Like, you could tell in the scene, she's like, oh, meow. You know, like, she's even bored. Like, I'm Catwoman, hear me roar. She's just, mm-hmm. she's just so bored. She's just, she's in there for the game. She's like a cat. You know, like, one time she's really satisfied with you, and at the other time she'd just scratch you and move away. So yeah. to depict 
connected with all its intricacies. I really just love it. Even the scene where she was, I think, kissing Batman, and then she kind of like scratched him and like, I can't live with myself. I love this so much. Like, hello, you're just so iconic. I can tell you're not even there for the love or for the hookup with him. So I don't know. She was for me like the top, and everyone else comes underneath. Yeah, well put. I think yeah. very well put. Yeah, I mean, you can tell. I mean, she's in all of our top tens. I think. Uh, yeah, you had it number two. I had uh, number six. So easily the um, the most iconic one out of all the ones I think we've chosen so far. So very well said. Very well very said. Very well said. Go on then, Neil. Yeah. You're number one. So to sum it all up, we've spoken about the movie already in this top ten. Well, I haven't, but Jay did. But I'm going to go for The Bride, Kill Bill 1 and 2. That's my number one. <laughs> <laughs> That's my number one. Yeah. Well, to me, I mean, probably in the same vein as Pav, huge Tarantino fans, huge fans of the Kill Bill franchise. We've already said how much we love it when you brought up um, Lucy Liu in it. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, her whole story arc in it is fantastic. If you've never seen it, where have you been? What have you been doing? Yeah. Um, yeah, and you you root for her. She gets what she wants, and she'll get it any way that she wants it. Um, and Uma Thurman, I think, is fantastic. And what an action star she turned out to be in that movie, didn't she? she and didn't yeah. she look good in that um, jumpsuit, the Game of uh, Game of Death jumpsuit? Oh, yes. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Not in a... No, just... Oh, yes. that the more of a Game of Death thing there. Because <laughs> I'm a big Bruce Lee fan, Jay. I love Bruce Lee movies. Um, yes. So, I yeah, it's just had everything, isn't it? So, as we say, we've got the Eastern Masterpiece, number one, and we've got the slow, rambling Westerners, number two. Um, and, yeah, you 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 sort of mix-matched in the first one. In the second one, you find out more about her story, the way she trains to get the revenge that she wants. That bizarre, but it always freaks me out, is the burying scene when she gets buried alive. Yeah. It's one of the most uncomfortable that I've seen, although the most uncomfortable I've seen is on a TV program on Netflix. It made me feel really horrible when I watched it. I don't know why. Um, and, but everything that she does in that movie and all of them, and the way she um, gets rid of the rest of her, her kin and the kills are so unique. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, to me, yeah, it's just just is at the moment. Yeah. I love I love those kind of revenge movies where it's one person and their sole goal is to basically just cross everybody off their list. Mm. And it doesn't matter. I mean, John Wick is the same. Payback with Mel Gibson is Equalizer. the same. Uh, Equalizer. It doesn't matter what you say. You can plead with people as much as you like, but their soul is, I think as you said earlier on, Jay, is you're just going to go through them. You're just going to go mm. through them because the person in front of you is not the goal. It's what's around them or behind uh, them. Mm. It's after them. It's, and so you just have to get through them and it doesn't matter what you say. And that's what the bride, the bride has that revenge for Bill. And it doesn't matter who he brings or who is in front. It's just the whole goal is to be mm. in that room with Bill or out on the veranda or wherever it is just for that final scene. And, um, yeah, she she was the reason that, whoever it was, I said, was number two 
um, was Dolores from Man With Two Brains. This was the first one that I thought of when I wrote my list for Femme Fatales, mm-hmm. without a shadow of a doubt. Although, yeah. you, I look at Oren Ishii, and I think that's a fantastic one as well. But then you could have also had Daryl Hannah's, Hannah's character yeah. as well, and thought, well, that could have been a, easily been a, a top Femme Fatale. Well, they Kill all are, aren't they? They all are, yeah. It's who you pick out of the bunch. Yeah, the Vivica A. Fox character mm-hmm. is also a Femme Fatale as well. So, yeah. It's so Michael many. Madsen. What, a Femme Fatale? <laughs> uh, I just... Well, he's part so of the group, isn't he? He is, he is. Okay, we've got some honourable mentions. Uh, <laughs> at and why not pod said, in no particular order, Lynn Bracken from LA Confidential, Amy Dunn, Gone Girl, Catherine Murtur, Murtur is it? Cruel Intentions, Selena Carl, Catwoman, uh, Bridget Gregory, The Last Seduction, Matty Tyler Walker, Body Heat, Audrey Horn, Twin Peaks, Catherine Trammell, Basic Instinct, Red Hot Riding Hood, Tex Avery cartoons. I don't know who that one is. Red, Red Hot, Hot yeah, Red Hot Riding Hood. I mean, you need to look at that movie. Uh, and I'm Helen from Tex Avery. Though. Tex Avery, apparently so. Red Hot Riding Hood. Um, and Helen from Sea of Love. Uh, Stu Grant said Poison Ivy, Catwoman, Rachel from Blade Runner, Alex Forrest, Fatal Attraction, Catherine Murtier from Cruel Intentions, and Lisa Buchanan said Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. Remember that line <laughs> there. So the, thank you very much, everybody, for that. Yeah, thank you. And that was a great choice, Fatal Attraction. I never even thought about that. Although there I don't think of her as a, fa- uh, a femme fatale. I just think of her as a psychopath. She's a mad bitch, yeah. <laughs> She's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And bring back the original ending. Put it on there. Don't fuck about and bring the happy ending. I like the director's ending of that movie. Well, there is no happy ending. Well, I'm sure that's on YouTube. I'll put that on the video playlist for our Patreon subscribers. Makes the film even better. There you go. Jay, we've done it. Yay! (laughs) Femme Fatale's been and done. So we will sort out another subject and we'll get you on uh, if you want to come and join us again, obviously. I mean... Always, always, oh, be wonderful. So, thank you for joining us, Jay. Um, it's uh, it's always nice to chat to you. It's always lovely to see your face. It really is. You thank are you, our number you. one femme fatale. How about that? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, before we say our proper goodbyes, Neil, do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch and all that gubbins? Of course, I can. Just get in contact with us. Thank you very much. No. Perfect. Thank you very much. <laughs> now you can find us on all the social medias at top 10 pods. You know what to do. You know, probably better than me. So come over and join us on there. Email us at top 10 pods at hotmail.com. Whatever you want to ask us, feel free. We might not always answer the questions. Come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods. There's all sorts of rewards. If you want them, please do come and help support the podcast. Uh, check out all the links via the link tree. You can find the link in the show notes and wherever you download your podcasts, please do give us a review, give us a rating and give us a like and a follow. We'd be most appreciative. Wonderful. There you go. Episode 88 in the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your it hands together. link. Crazy 88. There you go. There you go. It's all this. Hey, we don't throw this shit together. You know, and just hope it sticks. This is all carefully planned. Um, Thank you very much again, Jay. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been loads of fun. Uh, Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you very much, Pav. Thank you very much, Jay. It's been an honour to meet you. And thank you very much for joining us. It's been wonderful. Thank you guys so much. I love it. 
Excellent. You have a lovely day. Thank you very much, everybody, for sitting down, watching, listening, and we'll see you again next time. Let's go start the countdown. 10, 9, 